1: I'm your host Whitney Sewell today our guest is C Gordon Moose thanks for being on the show moose you're welcome thanks for having me moose is a thirty year multifamily veteran who began his career as a banker and eventually ended up on the syndication end of multifamily apartment building deals he now trains other real estate professionals on how to achieve ten x focus and mega Max personal productivity so moose thank you again for your time being on the show I'm looking forward to this conversation because I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just like focus is so important. And whether we're talking about, you know, on the personal side and professional side, and I'm looking forward to just getting, you know, your thoughts about that and helping us through that really. Why don't you give us a little more about your background and then let's jump into your your superpower and how you're helping people gain that level of focus and, and productivity.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I studied geology, believe it or not, in college and came out of college and you know, couldn't find a a job as a geologist. So I went into I went into sales, and I ended up in mortgages. I was working for, Washington Mutual and some other banks here in Chicago, with apartment lending and mortgages. And I eventually got into buying property myself. So I, I syndicated, LLCs, and we ended up buying about 22 buildings. And I really jumped in without having a, a clear focus on why I was doing it. It was more by default than by design. And we had a little bit of a downturn in the. Uh, Uh, early 2000s with real estate, I took some time off and I looked back and I said, you know, where was I successful and where was I less successful, right? Where was I really productive and less productive? And it really, what kept coming up for me was focus. When I was really clearly focused, I was more successful. And when I was less focused, I was less successful. So that was the genesis of the whole, you know, find your focus and the, you know, the mega max personal productivity. I am a real estate guy, a commercial real estate guy. When I train people, especially in the real estate realm, I start there, I say, what is it that you want? What are you focusing on? You know, why are you getting into this? That I think is the most important question. You know, why do you think you wanna get into real estate? And that's where we start because that's the beginning of the focus.
1: Nice. Well, not getting distracted is difficult. It's so difficult these days and being able to focus. And I think we we minimize or don't realize how much, you know, a small distraction kind of derails us, right? You know, you just get us started and how how you help people gain more focus and some quick ways to help the listener. I mean, to apply some things right now that's going to help them to have more focus and, and eventually more success as well, just like you mentioned.
0: You mentioned it's not only in your real estate career, but also you know, in all areas of your life. And so for me, it really begins with awareness, right? And one of the things I hope people become aware of is we have this mental muscle called our willpower. All human beings have six mental muscles, right? Our intuition, our imagination, our memory, our perception, our reasoning, and our willpower. And our willpower and our ability to concentrate that willpower, that energy, really is what focus is. So becoming aware of the fact that we have an incredible ability as human beings to focus our willpower is the starting point. And then it's really what I call desired-based focus, right? Desired-based focus. So really getting clear on what it is that you want and not only what you want, but also why you want it, right? Which is very important. And then here's the other key, determining what you're going to give in return for that which you desire, because as you know, there are no free lunches in this world. So you have to, the the law of reciprocity, you have to give before you get. And a lot of people get that backwards. They think, you know, I'm going to take and take and take, and then I'll give, right? Well, that's not the way it works. The law of reciprocity, you give and then you get, right? What did Zig Ziglar say? You know, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want, right? It's the same thing. So desire-based focus is key. Figuring out what it is you want, why you want it, and what you're willing to give in return. And it doesn't mean sacrifice, it doesn't mean give up. It means what you're gonna give in exchange for what you desire. So really getting clear on that as a starting point. And that doesn't take a long time. You know, if you take out a piece of paper and a pen, and you say, you know, say for example, with your real estate investing, you know, what is it that I want out of this? Do I want steady cash flow? Do I want capital appreciation? Do I want freedom from the nine to five? You know, what is it I want? And then determining really why it is that you want that. And the way that you get to there is keep asking yourself that question, you know, why do I want that? And when you come up with an answer, you ask yourself again, well, 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 why do I want that? Until you get to a point where you really get that emotional connection, you almost get goosebumps and say, wow, that's why I want that. And then you determine what you're willing to give in return. Those are the very basic building blocks of that desired based focus. And it doesn't take a long time to do that
1: what you see most of the time that's keeping people from reaching that level of focus and ultimately that success.
0: I'm working with a gentleman right now who uh, has ADD, which I'm almost 60 years old. When I was a kid, they didn't even know what that was. He asked me the same question. So I put him through an exercise of what I call eliminate, delegate, and anticipate. And, And what that means is look at the tasks that you have in your business and in your life. Find out the things that you can eliminate, right? The things that are just not moving you towards that which you desire. And eliminate them right and you you know again take out a piece of paper and a pen and write it down right then the things that you don't eliminate figure out what you can delegate things that are required to be done it doesn't require you to do it right so figure out a way to delegate that right and a lot of people get caught up on that because like well you know this is gonna cost me $20 an hour and they don't really realize that they're worth a hundred dollars an hour right so you know, you can look at it from that economic perspective as well. You can also look at it from your area of expertise. If you're not an expert at something, look at delegating that, right? Because most of us don't have the time. It's, it says it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something, right? Well, most of us don't have blocks of 10,000 hours to be an expert. So eliminate what's not required, delegate what you can, and then anticipate and prioritize the things that actually you are required to do because there are going to be some things in your business that you are absolutely required to do and your attention is required for that to move forward so that's one way to start to eliminate some of those distractions and we all have them i mean you know, even you know you know, listen i have to sometimes put the brakes on things that i'm doing because it might be a little bit more fun or you know a way for me to to kill some time but then i have to look back and say hold on a minute this is really not moving me towards my desire. And again, when you when you have that desire right in front of you, when you know exactly what it is, and you might have a physical reminder. You know, I have little phrases and stuff taped to my computer because it's a constant reminder for me to keep me focused because that's what I desire. And that's how I keep coming back and refocusing. So, and by the way, it's a human thing. I don't care who you are. You know, the universe is designed to keep us off balance. It's designed to constantly be changing. And so the real key is just being aware of that and having the structures and systems and practices to bring you back into focus.
1: It sounds like, you know, you mentioned like 10X focus and MegaMax personal productivity. It sounds like they're very connected, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, why do I use 10X? And, of course, you know, Grant Cardone, he's the 10X guy. You know, the reason I say that is a very small shift on the front end can produce mega results on the back end, right? So that's, it's that 10X. When you start to become 1% aware of something you're going to get a 10% return on that really quickly. So that's why I use that 10x focus because you don't have to do 180 degree changes or shifts in all areas of your life. It's those little shifts, right? Those consistent little shifts that will produce that tenfold result. Mega meaning that you, it will start to flow in at a much higher rate than you thought. And you'll be able to maximize your effort and maximize your time. And that's what really what productivity is about doing more, doing three times as much with you know, half the time. And that we're all capable of getting more effective and more efficient with regard to that.
1: So can you give us some examples, a personal or professional, of just ways that to mega max our productivity, uh, just ways that you've seen, wow, this just changed everything for me because we do this now?
0: Yeah. Well, one of, so let me relate it to real estate. So one of the things that we did when we were buying real estate was we got real clear on the type of buildings, the age of the buildings, the geographic area, the unit mix, square footage, how many bathrooms, how many floors. We got really crystal clear. We had a list of about 11 or 12 criteria. And when we would look at a deal, right, we would measure it against that box, right? If it didn't fit the box, we moved on, right? Where prior to doing that, we would look at all kinds of deals, you know what I mean? And, and I used to have clients, I used to be a broker as well, you know, I'd have a client and they'd say, well, just bring me a good deal. And I said, well, good deal to you may not be a good deal to me. So we really need to go through this exercise. We really need to focus on what it is that you consider a good deal. You know, what's the cap rate? You know, what's the deferred maintenance cost on it? You know, what's the, the, the price per square foot or per door, you know, and so that's just one example in the real estate realm where you can really increase your productivity and maximize your efforts by focusing in and really defining what it is that you're what you're looking for. Your target. You know, what is your target? A lot of people in marketing call it your avatar, right? Like who are you talking to? Who's your avatar? Who's your ideal client? In real estate, if it's buying property, you know, what are the top ten or eleven things of property that you look for? And if it doesn't fit that, move on because they're out there. You know, so that's just one example that we use to really get effective and then instead of spending a week finding property we'd find our properties in half a day because we would just say no 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 yes you know and then no 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 yes and then you know instead of rethinking and reanalyzing everything else we just use that matrix to really identify what it is that we wanted and then we'd go after it
1: Makes so much sense. No doubt about it. And just really, uh, I mean, narrowing down our, our you know, criteria so we can be more focused there. Are there any tools that you found, Moose, that help you either to be focused or to be more productive just on a daily basis? So, you know, just some something that, say, the listeners could put in place right now.
0: Yeah, a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, seriously, or a pencil if you really want to you know, get old school, but I'm a big fan of lists, right? And getting things out of your head and into the physical form, whether it's in a spreadsheet, a Word doc, or literally on a notebook or something. And then really staying present to that, you know, not taking it and putting it on a shelf, but reminding yourself literally on a daily basis and keeping it handy. And then also if you're working with partners or you're working with agents or attorneys or something else sharing that with them, you know, letting them know what it is that you're going after and why you're doing that, because that's that emotional connection. You know, people can get engaged with you or not. And I use the distinction between needs and wants, right? But when I work with somebody and they tell me they need something, it just goes in one ear and out the other, right? Because there's only certain things that we really need to survive. There's an infinite number of things that we want. So when you share what you want and you share that emotional connection to why you want it, you engage other people, to help you, right? Because if you tell me what you need, you just sound needy. You tell me what you want and you're gonna inspire me to help you, right? So it's just that little distinction, right? And so how do you how do you get there? You write it out, you define it so that you can. when you're in a conversation with somebody or you're on the phone with somebody, you can tell them what you want. And I'll give you a real quick example. I remember the first building we bought, I was working with Bob Proctor. I worked with Bob Proctor for many, many years, which people will know mostly from The Secret. He put me through this process where I got real crystal clear on what it is that I wanted in commercial real estate. And I'll never forget this. I was at a networking event and I was talking to a gentleman and he said, well, what are you up to? I said, well, I just put a contract on an 18 unit building and I'm, you know, I need a partner with a million and a half dollar net worth so we can go out and get the loan and so on and so forth. I didn't have it at the time, right? Because I was very clear and I could explain exactly what I was looking for. He said, oh, I should introduce you to my lawyer. He's got a group of lawyers that invest in exactly that kind of property. I said, yeah, great. Set me up with him. And he said, well, he's right there. He's in the room. You know, he let, I'll go introduce you right now. So literally he walked me over to this gentleman and within a week we had our investor and we ended up buying three more properties together. So what's my point? My point is I was very crystal clear and I could articulate it. I told them exactly what was required and what I wanted. And literally the guy introduced me to somebody that was in the room which wouldn't have happened if I didn't have that focus in, in the moment.
1: Wow. No, that's great. I appreciate the examples and, and, and just explaining more in depth to some ways it's worked for you. And I, I wanted to go back to and highlight the eliminate, delegate, anticipate. Uh, and I was thinking more about that. And I, I'm, I'm making notes. too. you say, get a, pen, a pencil and paper out. I'm always making notes during interviews and writing things down. I mean, it's just because uh, I forget, you know, I'll forget it if I don't write it down right then. And, and, and so write it down, then I don't have to think about it anymore. And I can focus more on the next thing you're saying or whoever it may be. Uh, so I think that's great advice. But, you know, eliminating what's not required, that's hard. Is there a system that you have that you help people to do that? Is it writing down, you know, everything that you do and thinking through what you can get rid of? You know, is there a way that you found to to help people to to eliminate those things?
0: There's a pragmatic way of of looking is it revenue producing? Is this activity going to produce revenue, right? And that's one measure. The great thing about money is you can measure it down to the penny, right? You can really measure it. It's quantitative, right? Is this moving me towards revenue? Yes or no? You know, is this phone call? Is this email? Is this everything I'm doing? You know, you can you can measure it against that. The other thing that's less quantitative and more qualitative is the activity that I'm contemplating or the next thing that I'm doing, you know, going to move me from the perspective of not gen- revenue generate, but just in general of moving me towards my goal, right? And being really clear on what your goal is. Not only the big goal, but also what's my goal for the next hour? What's my goal for the next, for this half of the day? I know it sounds pretty sterile and you know, for a lot of people that don't like lists, this, this is not a good conversation for them. However, I urge you just to give it a try. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing, when you get in the habit of doing that, because I, I resisted it for a long time too, until my mentors and guides said, don't, you know, just just trust me and do it. And then I got into the habit of doing it It's really a great practice. And again, I'll I'll give you another real quick example. I was working with Bobby, he said, I want you every night, I want you to write down a list of things you're gonna do tomorrow. Well, the next day I had 21 things. And he said, well, tear that list off. He said, that's way too many. He said, let's start with six, right? So for some reason, six is my magic number. So I just do six things every night that I want to accomplish the next day, right? Just six, right? And as I went through that process, I started realizing that by about 11 o'clock in the, after, in the morning, if I get up at six and you know I get at it at 7, 7.30, I'm done with my list, right? And so at first I wanted to put everything on the list. And then I just following his advice, I just, he said, you no, know, cut it down to about a third. So we ended up with six. And that practice at first was not, was difficult, but now it just became a habit and it's a very effective habit. So there's one business I do, I, you know, I do in about three hours a day, so that leaves the other. 21 hours less six hours of sleep, you know, 15 hours a day to do, spend time with my kids, go exercise, do other revenue generating activities. So kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but really looking at, does it move you financially towards what you're doing? And does it move you emotionally and spiritually and and, in all other areas of your life towards what you're doing? And if it does do it, if it doesn't eliminate it.
1: Great advice, Musa. I'm so grateful uh, just laying it out there. Is it revenue generating, knowing your goal is the importance of those things you listed. so I'm going to take a turn just a little bit, ask a few final questions before we run out of time. You know I wanted to ask you know this many years of experience you know in real estate and in multifamily, just you know what you predict to happen say over the next six to twelve months you know in the real estate market and what you all are doing so it's interesting.
0: I just read an article the other day that single family homes people are walking away from their single family homes they're gonna have to live somewhere now i don't know what people are doing whether they're moving in with relatives or or what however one thing i love about multifamily, unlike retail or unlike office or unlike big box we can get away with not going to the office the last six months has proven that right we can get away with not going to a brick and mortar store jeff bezos has figured that one out companies like kmart and sears and pennies are having trouble those are the big boxes people have to live somewhere right and so you know, the population is continually growing and multifamily satisfies that need, right? Whether it's an interim thing when people are in college or when they're getting out of college before they can afford their first home, which by the way, statistics show that people are, because of a number of factors, including college debt, they're waiting longer to buy that first home. So where are they living? Well, they're living in apartments, right? And so I think the apartment market is still going to be strong. I think for buyers out there, I think you're going to find some deals, especially on the smaller multifamily, what I call the two to four to sixes, because a lot of operators that have owned these buildings for a while, they're getting tired of it. They want to get out. They're going to let the buildings go for, I think, a below market price on the property. So if you're patient, you know what you're looking for. I think there can be some deals out there to be had. And even for first-time buyers, if you're looking for that two to four to six, what I call the two to four to six, keep your nose to the grindstone. There's going to be some
1: deals out there to find. How do you and and your group prepare for a downturn? We've been
0: doing this for a while. So, you know, we've been working reducing our leverage and reducing our debt service just by constantly looking at the mortgage rates and repositioning ourselves from the financial from that financial perspective. That's key because if you have a lower mortgage balance, you have more equity in the property. You know, if you start to see some vacancies, you can still cover your debt service coverage and, and all your expenses and everything else so that's the benefit of being in the business for a long time the thing i would say to somebody new is don't get over your skis right you know don't don't overpay for a property and pay attention to the amount of uh, money that you have into the in the building going forward because certainly on the smaller units you know if you've got a four flat and you've got two units vacant you've got fifty percent occupancy that's not good if you don't have the reserves to cover that you're going to have some challenges, right? And so just being a frugal, don't be too anxious to get into a deal. Don't overpay. There's an old saying, you make your money or you earn your money when you buy the property, you experience it when you exit the property, right? You don't experience your profit until you actually exit the property, but your profit is built in when you buy the property. So be real careful about that going into it.
1: What's a way you've recently improved your business that we can apply to our business? we haven't made a ton of changes recently we've been on a course just going
0: back to what i said earlier about always constantly look at the financial scenario if you have an opportunity to build reserves build them because you never know what's around the corner if you have an opportunity to reduce your debt ratio on the property take a look at doing that one of the things that we do is we do our best to minimize tenant turnover because that costs you money when you turn over a tenant, you may be vacant for a period of time. As a matter of fact, you usually are. So that's costing you money. So what small incremental investments, not only in time and energy, but also in money, can you do to keep your current tenants current and keep them with you? Because when you turn over a tenant, that has a negative effect on your NOI.
1: What's your best source for meeting new investors right now?
0: (laughs) Well, relying on my current network, because we've got a pretty good network. When I start off, I would go to networking events. Now, I know, you know with everything that's going on, you know, the in-person networking events are harder and harder to do, but I think we're gonna get back to that. One of the best things, regardless of whether you're doing it virtually or you're doing it in person, is really being clear on what it is you're offering. Remember, you know, it's the old value, value, value offer. So what value are you bringing to somebody that's looking to invest, right? What's your value? And you know, it may be that you found a good deal. It may be that you're gonna be the property manager. The value might be that you've got a really great relationships with banks so that you can, you know, your mortgages, your value might be in the property management. You may be a really good property management. So a lot of people make the mistake that money is the end all and be all. Well, here's what I, I got news for you We did 22 deals. I didn't put a nickel of my own money in because I brought other value to the partnership, right? And so, you know, there's lots and lots of money out there, tons of money out there. You know, people with self-directed 401ks, so if you find a good deal and you bring value from that perspective, the money will find you. So don't get hung up on the fact that you, you may not have all the cash.
1: What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I've always
0: kept an open mind and I've learned from people that have blazed the path ahead of me, right? And I've always had coaches and mentors, you know, Mike Morawski and I, as you know, uh, because you're going to be a speaker, we're very ex- excited about that, about the multi-family global summit. Well, Mike's got a saying you know, success leaves clues, right? Success leaves clues. So, you know, align yourself with successful people that are doing something that you wanna do, whether it's in real estate or health and fitness or whatever, align yourself with people that are doing what you wanna do and look for the clues that they leave behind or that they give you that are uh, clues to their success and keep an open mind. You'll keep your ears and your eyes open and use them in proportion to your mouth, right? We've got two eyes and two ears, use them in proportion to your, your mouth and really, and the other thing is when you do articulate, be clear and express the value that you bring to the situation.
1: Nice. How do you like to give back? <laughs>
0: well, I really enjoy helping people. I really enjoy watching people grow. I really enjoy when people get something and the light bulb goes off. I really enjoy that. You know, I come from a big family. I've got three teenage kids and, you know, I'm almost 60 years old. I've, I've done a lot of things and I, I say, you know, I've spent the first part of my life, filling my vessel up. Now it's overflowing and I like to give back. Doing things like the Multifamily Global Summit or running my mastermind groups or doing one-on-one coaching with people or guidance, really seeing people get it and make the change is incredible. And I'll just real quickly, I actually see people physically change. You know, When their thinking change and when their mindset change, they physically change because they're, they're changing themselves, right? And that's the most gratifying thing. When I can see somebody from week to week physically change. So you know, they come in and they're more lit up or they're more excited or they're, they're talking differently about something. That is something that I, I really, really love. And that's the most gratifying thing for me.
1: Moose, so grateful for your time today. I can't say enough about just increasing our level of focus and productivity and, and just you, uh, grateful for your willingness to help us through that today and how you're helping others too, just like you talked about, but you know, eliminating what's not required and delegating and anticipating and writing things down. I mean, just some things like that that you've helped us with today. I'm very grateful. Uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you
0: yeah so uh, what I'm doing right now, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. and you know it really is pretty simple, and I know I know that you know that as well. so thank you for doing this on a daily basis because your show is is really great. So I'm your focus guy in the background, you can see my email. I'm working with people to do what I call a focus foundation call. It's a 15 minute call. If anybody's interested in, in getting on that, it's a free no cost call, and we talk about some of these things that you can implement immediately. Email me at info at com. Again, it's info at yourfocusguide.com. And just put, if somebody's interested, just put Focus Foundation call and we'll schedule a 15-minute call and, and talk about, give you some tools immediately that you can put into a place to increase your focus.
1: Awesome, Moose. Grateful for your time. That's a wrap. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Wendy. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.